so we're we're back. Um, what's up, everybody? It's uh, wow, look at that input level. Um, <laughs> still trying to figure this out, guys. We're still experimenting. This is George, and I'm Bill. Uh, and today we decided we'd just talk to ourselves uh, as we experiment. So we're going to talk about me. Yeah, you know what? It's the first episode was about me reluctantly, but we got it out, and you know we had Will. Will Barber from Audi Accessories uh, and our liaison for Audi Club North America. Uh, so we decided that, you know, we just put the second issue of the of the updated magazine to bed. Uh, hopefully it'll be coming out. I mean, it will be coming out shortly, right? Yeah, maybe out about the time I'm listening to this. Okay, great. Yeah. Uh, and so we were just kind of batting that ideas back and forth and decided, let's talk about changes in the magazine. But then that ultimately lead to, you know, to you, George. So, yeah. okay. So, you know, tell us about yourself. Who is George Acorn? All right. So, um, yeah. <laughs> so, like you, I started with Herbie, man. Love bug. It all goes back to that. And, and, um, big fixation on Herbie to the point where, like, I had like a little Tonka, or like the steel Tonka Herbies. Mm -hmm. It was green. I think it said something bug on the side, but I remember Crayola poster paints. Yes, I do. <laughs> I think it was the only paints my parents would let me play with because if I ate it, it wouldn't. It wouldn't me, kill you. <laughs> it wouldn't be poison. Um, so I, this is before I had access to like testers, model paints, or anything like that. I I poster painted this damn Herbie white, like that kind of powdery poster paint, and then I took blue and red magic markers and made stripes on them and a black oh, sharpie man. and made like a fifty-three. So about how old were you when this happened, dude? That's like that's little. That's like so this started first grade. This started like. Early, you oh, the, car, the car fixation was already there, always there. The Euro fixation started to go probably, probably go to Herbie, because mm -hmm. um, Dad was like a GM guy, so he had uh, usually like you know Rivieras and station wagons with wood paneling, not like you know Regal, McLaren, <laughs> whatever Regals. Or, or one day he brought a Camaro Berlinetta home, which was like the Night Rider era. It was he really? didn't know it. It was a loner car. Okay, and it was like I always had like. I got excited. Yeah, well, and if you are a Camaro aficionado, it, it is not the IROC. It is not the no. Z28. The Berlinetta was like the, let's throw it in the loner fleet kind of Camaro. <laughs> yeah, but I, I know your father, and I can't, yeah. I can't imagine a vegan Camaro. He came home with this thing one night, and I was like, it, I mean, it was the Night Rider. Mind blown. You know what I mean? Like, it's Camaro. Like, Dad, you're taking me to school tomorrow. Anyway, so uh, fast forward to, to high school, and I had a buddy who had a... Uh, Fiat, a 62 Fiat 1200 Spider. Spiders. And we used to ride, there were three of us that would ride around a town, this thing, somebody was relegated to the coffin in the back, yeah. they aptly named, um, this cool little red Fiat. And for a while I was swinging Italian, like I wanted to go Alpha Spider, I'd watch The Graduate, I thought, you know, Dustin Hoffman rolling around, and that duetto was cool as heck. And um, I get my driver's license, we had a Chevy station wagon and a Buick Riviera diesel. Diesel. So a coupe diesel before the R10 era, we had the Buick Riviera <laughs> diesel, 5.7 liters of goodness that went nowhere fast and stopped even slower. Um, and and then we that car got rear-ended by a Pennsylvania State Patrolman, and it took 12 months to get the insurance money. So for 12 months, Dad bought a new car for himself and let me. I had just turned 16. Let me drive this jacked in the rear Riviera. You drove, the, you drove that <laughs> for like 12 months, oh, and it was still drivable. <laughs> <laughs> but it smoked really bad. 
If you stood on the gas, it would just belch out this big black smoke. <laughs> oh, man. I, yeah. I, I didn't. Was, I never pegged you as a coal roller. It was initial coal roller. Yeah. 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 It was because those horrible GM diesels were not clean in any way. Nor were they fast. Nor were they all that efficient. Um, but so, yeah, that we the, finally the Pennsylvania State gave us the insurance money for that car, which was $2,500. And we got a I – was, I was giving my dad all kinds of, like, Auto, in Pennsylvania, we had the auto locator, right? It was black and white yep. listings. I finally and, remember those. Right? Got them every week. Every Friday, I went to Turkey Hill and bought auto locator. And, and uh, I would I was giving my dad listings of like Alpha Spiders, like 78, like late 70s was about what I could afford. Mm-hmm. Or like uh, GTV, not the V6, but the just the GTV. Yep. And I found like one for I actually found an Alfetta for sale that I fell in love with. Do you remember Cameron Fry's car? Oh yes. This one was not running in a field with the front suspension, uh, like where the suspension mounting points rusted out. And I, I don't know why I thought I could fix it, but I couldn't. Full disclosure, I always thought that was a BMW. I know everybody did, yeah. but it was an Alfetta sedan, not the yeah, sedan. Sprint Veloce, exactly. which was the coupe, uh, the GTV. So, um, but it was a sedan version on the GTV chassis, and uh, he said no. But then I, Smart man. partly because I couldn't drive manual, but I was willing. And my sister, who I had to share the car with, couldn't drive manual. And it's not that she was unwilling. We just, she wasn't really into it. So right. I found a three-speed automatic Scirocco um, Mark II, which was like the square headlight. Mm-hmm. It was like a mini or a quattro. And I really <laughs> s- sweated their quattro. We can afford the Scirocco's. <laughs> so we got the Scirocco and I loved it. A lot of my friends in high school had Volkswagens and um, I used to drive up to like Auto House Lancaster, which was like the Audi dealer near yep. here and, and um, would like go in and kind of put my salivating mouth up against the window of the Coupe Quattro and the Corrado's when they came out. But the Coupe Quattro was kind of the one I wanted mm-hmm. at the time, which is funny because the Corrado was probably faster. Be honest, um, but <laughs> anyway, the break probably, but, but the, <laughs> the yeah, the clutch was more luxurious. And oddly, I was walking past, I don't know how many Porsches to get to those cars, so like you know, that you're in like a showroom like Auto House back in the day, right? Which would have all the Porsches, the 964s, and yeah, they did Porsche built right in the Audi, yeah, they still are, aren't they? Yeah, they still are, yeah, yeah great little one of the first VW dealers in, in, in that group mm-hmm. in the US, old men, um, well, I shouldn't say old men, it's some polite, plus God rest his soul, Mr. Bonner was one of the first he came over from germany and opened up one of his first <laughs> dealers that's a really long tangent to get to high school man yeah wow. but, but anyway so <laughs> so in high school i got i got it sitting here so i could remember even who wrote it i was at the mall uh and i went to you know how the bargain bins outside the bookstores yeah and i uh, went through them often but so i never found something like this amazon.com you can find them used uh quattro the development and competition history by Jeremy Walton, who I've met, or not met, spoken to since. Uh, good guy, back in the day, uh, was part of the scene. And he, um, the rallying racing scene. And I read this thing so many times, you can see it's pretty worn. You can't, because you're not, you're only listening, but Bill can see that it's pretty worn. Wow, that's pretty cool. Man. You know, I, it's, I could have sworn I flipped through this book before, but I know, I, obviously I've never It's had. been here in the office. So yeah. that's the, um, the, I don't know what page is like that, uh, that white 80. No, there's a there's a white B two eighty. It's four thousand, pre four thousand, like four thousand S Quattro, which was always my joint. Like that's the car I wanted from the point I found it in that book. And, um, and anyway, so he, <laughs> I I read that book backwards and forwards how many times. Michelle Mouton's in there. I learned about her in that, and she's awesome, you know. And I don't know. So it's it's a really great just book for your library if you're a super nerd. And um, I am. not even a super. I'm not a well. I'm not. I'm not a super. I'm a nerd, but I'm not a super well, nerd. 
But, you know, just flipping through this, and I'm glad that this is not going to go on the air until after I find my own copy on Amazon. They run so, about 90 bucks. They run, okay, well. I mean, if you can find them used, then great. But yeah. but on Amazon, I mean, look on there. The last time I checked, they were, because there aren't that many, right? Right. Um, so it, you found this in the bargain bin, though, right? Yeah, like, remember, like, Walden Books or, like, whatever the, like, mall bookstore was? Yep. I didn't know. This was in, like, I was at a boarding school in Pottstown, Pennsylvania. So Pottstown is like this little city outside of Philly, and it's you know it's not that it's not much of a car mech. Although there's a one of those car clubs now that they bought a warehouse and they're selling oh, did cars. They? Okay. Yeah, but normally when I was there, it's not like it was a car place, <laughs> and um and so it was randomly in the bargain bin, and I you know, of course I was anything cars I would have bought, but yep. this was there and kind of randomly. And Jeremy, what's great about this book to give a plug for this book if you can find them. Jeremy Walton was a journalist at the time, and he traveled with Audi Sport and the WRC scene. So, uh, like, um, like a lot of the of the time, if you went through like the Audi PR shots and stuff that's really prevalent today online, a lot of the stuff in here you will have never seen, right? A lot of it's black and white, right? Um, but there's some really nerdy stuff in here. They're like original prototype Sport Quattro shots of like the design prototype um, stuff that I've just not seen, and I've been around the block with Audi. I mean, but but it's it's a neat neat book. So. That kind of drove me for a long time. And then uh, fast forward to I'm out of college in 97 and I ran into, I was on a list server. I had a jet of ER6 at the time. Uh. <laughs> Posing online as yep. something I'm not because I said I had a Corrado and at the time I did not. Oh. Yeah. Faker oh. online. Uh, and uh, I was on a Corrado list server. I was on a jet list or a GTI list server. And that GTI list server was great. It was like... Um, uh, Todd from AW Tuning, who I think we mentioned last time, and uh, Tim from New Dimensions out in California. Oh my God. Right? And, <laughs> and that's where I remember kind of just chatting on this because I talk, it's what I do. And and Jamie Bondresco, who was my business partner at PW Vortex and Vortex Media, um, had he was a designer at the time and he was working uh, for his whoever, whomever his employer was at the time as a designer. And he created this website about Volkswagen after going to the Chicago Auto Show. He just basically put some photos on it came up with the name VW Vortex and stuck it online. And mm -hmm. I don't know why he sent it to me. <clears throat> Someday I should ask him. I've known him forever. Um, <laughs> but he sent me an email. I was like, what do you think of the site? And I responded and I was like, it's cool. But I like, I was a European car reader for years. I would like, I subscribed to read every issue back to back. I had a job at a golf course where I would sit out there in the summer and like wait for golfers to come by to drop, buy beer. And I would just read these magazines over and over again. And, um, so European <clears throat> car was very influential to me and, uh, Greg Brown and, and then later Les and and and, and Febo most recently before it went under um, where it was shut down because they were doing a great job up to the end. But um, at the time, European car was kind of uh, focused more on advertiser cars. And I was like, you know, this is a great, like we could feature a lot of cars here. This is a good platform. I knew right. like um, 1552 design, which back then was VW Sport in DC. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Tuning, they were tuning Audi and Volkswagen. And, and um, you know, we could shoot feature cars of theirs. I mean, like Brad Beardo, uh, who's still with 1552 and his old business partner, Adrian. And and uh, it was part of the DC car scene. And this is late 90s. Yeah, so Jamie sends me a note. And he's like, what do you think? I was like, I think we need to put content on it, man. It's it's good. It looks great, but it's, there's no content on it. Right. Other than a couple of photos. So I started writing for him, and we set it up. And we turned on forums. That blew up. Huge. Oh, yeah. That's how I got to meet you. Um, that's how I got to... Wait. That's how, that's how I met you. Right. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. I, I'm having yeah. Korean Tourette's. Anyway. So we started working with Audi World. 
uh, early on. They were actually bigger than us at one point. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, A4.org, I think, was what it was back then. Oh, my God. <laughs> Reaching back real far. Holy Jason, crap, Jason Teller and, and Matt Daniels. I and, forgot about A4. Neil. Yeah, no. That, so we started working with them. We, we'd been doing a little bit of Addy stuff, but like we kind of came together to work with them. And the company was sort of formed when we were all young and dumb. And um, working with PickupTruck.com, which is not PickupTrucks.com. And we all kind of formed this company, but it wasn't really going all that uh, we, it's a matter of opinion, I'm sure, but we didn't really <laughs> like the direction it was going. And, and so if I'd say we figured out a way to leave, we'd launched Sweet Speed at the time. Um, Audi World elected to stay and we'd elected to leave. And, right. and so uh, what, what year is this? 2001? 2001, okay. Somewhere about there. Um, maybe 2000, maybe a little later. But um, it wasn't, we weren't splitting from Audi World. We actually asked them if they wanted to come with us. But, um, you know, it's who knows. Nobody knows the right direction to go at those right. days. Oh and, God, I hate it. I mean, early days. Yeah, yeah. And we were all kids, to be honest. <laughs> um, but but uh, we launched Tweed Speed, and then when I was able to, obviously leaving from Audi World, we had agreements of how we would operate and who would do what, and you know, and that after working together, world, and so there was a period we kind of had to stay away from Audi, and then um, I've always loved Audi though. So when we were able to, I. I launched Fortitude. Fortitude was actually a uh, Phil Ackley, who's a member of Potomac chapter. Yes. 1999. I'm at the Pittsburgh Vintage Grand Prix, and I see his Zero Quattro there. He's still got it. That gold uh, one? The gold one. Okay. Uh, it was before we had the RS2 motor in it, mm-hmm. and uh, it was much less built at the time. Uh, and he had a plate that was like 4TT ah. UDE, I think, was the plate. And I was like, that is really clever, because it doesn't use the Quattro. At the time, we were Audi World... I think Audi wasn't entirely happy with our use of the name Audi World right. because they had an Audi World site. It was like the Audi.de today. Um, and so there's a little bit of confusion and they weren't entirely cool with it. And so I thought, well, that doesn't use the Audi name. It doesn't use the Quattro name. Uh, it's its own thing. Mm-hmm. So I thought it was a brilliant name. And later when I met Phil and we were talking about it, he's like, you know, I got that plate because I was 40 years old, not because <laughs> it wasn't an Audi thing. Dude. <laughs> yeah. It's like, well, Phil, <laughs> thank you for pointing that out. <laughs> but, um, so what's funny is when we go to Launch Fortitude, uh, we were, it, so we had these, were you ever on the, the Vortex Media like intranet forums yeah. that we had that were like not public yeah and we had we'd have these discussions about you know problems in the forums and all these different things and so we were all kind of it was a collaborative space where everybody was involved brad bearder from 1552 had taken i, I think they 1552 was kind of like in a, a, a transitionary phase before they moved out to the west coast and so brad for a period worked for us uh, and was writing for different sites mainly vortex right um and um Joe Lucio, who's with the Golden Gate chapter, because Joe goes way back with us too, um, was was uh, he was Golden Gate back then, but he was also writing for us occasionally, and so he was in there. And I remember we were like, my whole plan was like fortitude. This is early 2004, and my whole plan because everybody was dragging their feet to get this damn site live, and I needed more <laughs> than it was more than my ability to yep. do my own. So I was like, we're gonna launch at. 040404 at 0400 hours, right? Which was super cheesy, but it was like, all right, that'll get everybody like a hard date that we have to be live. And um, it's like 0402. <laughs> and, and either, I can't remember if it was Joe or Brad, but they were of like mind. And somebody goes, can I just say it? I hate the name. <laughs> and I, 
after like letting down a couple four letter words, he's like, all right, <laughs> give me a name that ain't Audi or Quattro and and yeah. we can get a dot com. Uh, for the maybe who those who don't know, it, it was Fortitude F O U R. Yeah, F O U R, yeah. like the number four. Exactly. Quattro. Four rings and 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 there's a theme there. <laughs> um thanks for pointing that out, because that's always seemed obvious to me, but it didn't well yeah, it doesn't seem obvious to everybody. No. Um, and that was the whole argument against it. And for right. a long time, I caught a lot of hell over that. I know. And then one day, it was super sweet because we go to Volkswagen's ad agency. At the time, they were down in the Carolinas. We had a meeting about advertising and whatever else. And um, Or maybe it was Audis. I think it was Audis because they were on my side. And and we're in this meeting in this old tobacco warehouse. And, and the, the woman from the agency goes, um, so I'm trying to figure out these names. Uh, she goes, Fortitude. I get it. It's awesome. Quattro. Four rings. I get it. I don't get BW Vortex. <laughs> And Jamie was sitting across the the table from me, and I smirked at him the the most smirkiest of smirks I could ever smirk. And it was my my personal moment of yeah, yeah, you know exactly. <laughs> Look what she said. Yeah. <laughs> that was a literal. That's, that's all. What, I did, I that was a literal. I, that's what she said. I, I, yeah. <laughs> okay. I I never heard that story. That's that's awesome. Yeah. No. You know, I've, not, I've been with you so, for so long that I pretty much heard. Honestly, this is this is cool because I never heard that. Story. Yeah, it's really the weeds for anybody else, though. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, most people have turned off at yeah, this point, yeah. so we can just keep talking about really in the weed shit. Pardon my French. So, um, yeah, so that was uh, we got Fortitude launched. Fortitude grew. It was never like the the challenge to Fortitude was by the time we had it live, Audi Zine was already in place. So not yeah. only we have to contend with Audi World, but we also had to contend with Audi Zine, which covered the base of the bulletin. And, you know, the whole form thing that goes back yeah. in the Audi world, right, is crazy, whether it's Audi world stepped away from, from what, cough. And, man, um, Quattro World comes along. And it was always a really hard-fought space. So Fortitude was always about content, telling stories, news. You know, that was going to be the pillar it stood on because we were the only one that had right. full-time staff that we could pull that kind of thing off. Or forms kind of maintain themselves, more or less. So... Yeah, I mean that was the great thing about Fortitude was that you know you could always have, you know, like you said, you had the full staff, so you, you know, it wasn't volunteers who took some time out of the day to post a story or whatnot. So I mean, I, I, I Frank, quite frankly, myself, and you heard this in episode one. I'm a Volkswagen guy, but I learned a lot about Audis just from reading all that the content that was on Fortitude. Not that I'm shouting out and trying to brown nose uh, George no, was sitting right across from me, but it was you know at the time I didn't know George that well, but I also didn't know Ali that well. Yeah, no, it's funny because yeah. I underestimated after, like, fast forward to when, when um, for, like, in 20, long story short, we do Fortitude for a number of years, 2015. Mm -hmm. uh, we got an offer from a, a larger publisher. And I know. I still feel the wound in my back. Oh, anyway, go yeah. ahead. So Yeah, we weren't, wasn't ready to stop doing it, but, but um, you know, sometimes in life and in business, it's time. So it was time to move on. And, and, uh, we had a number of great years, went to Le Mans 10 times, 10 times to Le Mans was crazy. <laughs> um, an amazing experience every time and get to, getting to know the team. When you go over there, it's a big family. So you get to know, you know, the whole way Audi Sport would run it. it, it, it you know, I got the couple other guys too, whether it was Chris Hansen uh, or bef before him, Jason Teller at Audi World uh, or, or Josh from, from Quattro yeah, World. Yeah. You know, the more we went over there, the more we dealt with them, the more you get to know like an Alan McNish or, a, you know, a, a, Andre Lauder, Tom Christensen, you know, help Bill, you and I were at R18 testing at Sebring, you know, 
2013? Yeah, hanging out on the back half of the course. And, yep. you know, Christensen rolls up in a... In the golf cart. In the golf cart, <laughs> and we're all hanging out there, and he's checking out the photos. Like, it's amazing. And and you would never have that sort of access. And so, like, I, you get that knowledge. Even, like, I've done this so long, I might be considered an expert, but, like, really, you do it, that's how you become it, right? Like, you, I, I was just around it that long. Mm-hmm. Um, and in so many places that... That's just kind of how it played out, but, um, but yeah. So so we stepped on away from that, and then um, uh, about a year later, we got approached by uh, the, at the time Audi Clubs liaison at Audi of America, uh, Julie Longley, who's awesome. Uh, she's still at Volkswagen Group, and she uh, she's no longer associated with Audi Club, but she's she she asked me to get involved. Largely, it was more my strengths in the space with website web development right um, and that sort of thing were were um complimented nicely audi club who had you know had a strong placement with magazine and with membership where i didn't have you know we didn't have a, a paid membership like like audi club had uh so they had a little bit more of a you know a, a bought-in sort of membership where we just had readers who would you know hit us but so I, I knew some things they didn't and by putting us together it would create a stronger a stronger whole and uh, so that's what we started to do. You came in right after. Oh yeah, I remember when you gave me a call. I dropped pretty much dropped everything and said, <laughs> "Hell yeah. yeah!" Went in and said, "I quit." <laughs> and it's fun to stay in the car space. So we, we did yeah. more. We got out of the storytelling or or publishing side of it there for a while, and mm-hmm. we instead got in more involved in helping them, you know, work on what are their chapter social media presences and you know some so of the this more- is. Early so this is 2016. 2016. I wanted to say 13. Yeah, 2016. Yeah. So, so Julie calls you up. Says, you know, hey, yeah, they need some help. Yeah, they wanted to. They wanted to solidify. You know, they thought I could. You know, we could help them where, in, in some places where mm-hmm. we were strong and they were not. And so, we went in and started working with them for a while. It was a couple of years before. Uh, you know, we worked on a bunch of things. The national event in New York, and and like I said, social media and what have you, and then uh, help them talk, you know, walk them a little bit through their process with their website and as they considered it. And then, what are we, a year and a half, maybe coming up on two years into... We are coming up on two years. Is it that long? Uh, Into the magazine. Yeah, when when Karen Chadwick, who was the executive director of the club at the time, was retiring... Is it, was it 2016? I okay, I can't remember. I'm sorry. Go it, was, ahead. it was a while ago. Yeah, so, so Karen was retiring. <laughs> yeah. yeah, she was she was retiring, and um, she had announced her retirement to the board, and and they wanted want Karen did a lot of things. Like the amount of stuff she covered in the club was pretty impressive, and and so one of the things she did was the magazine, and so they asked if I would take over the print magazine, and so I'd already been you know I'd write a story here or there for it, but I'd never done print. And, right, um, it's all web-based. What you yeah, were doing so, and it might seem like it's the same, but it was a big learning curve for me. And so we we started like changing the content around a little bit, trying to give editorial direction to I, some of the writers were there. Were you know, Karen was blessed to have a lot of people who were, you know, she was she was putting together a lot of content coming in from a lot of volunteer right. sources. She did use a couple uh, paid contributors, but, but largely it was, it was, you know, members who were really, you know, institutional in some ways, guys who'd had columns for years and some neat stuff. So, uh, but, the, but the book itself was um, needed, I, like the rest of the organization could be used. It, it needed a little bit of updating. Right. You coming in as a web publisher, 
Yeah. Right? And all of a sudden taking over a print magazine. Yeah. Uh, you know, big learning curve for you right there. Man. But did at the time, did you have like any kind of like solid plan going forward from that? Or were you just going to, to see, you know, as you went along? Uh, yeah, good question. Uh, so there's a difference between this and fortitude. With fortitude, we kind of did what we wanted, right? Right. And, and <laughs> I didn't have anybody to answer to. So it was, I was basically on my own instinct. And it's like, well, the, the, <clears throat> the metrics for success for growth of the site, right? So more people use the site, you're doing the right thing. Um, pretty simple. It's not that simple at Audi Club because at Audi Club you have a readership and you, well, you really have two readers. You have members um, who are there existingly mm -hmm. and, and this is part of the value that comes with our membership. And so there's more of a public ownership, if you will, of, of the, the title and what it becomes. And then you have this whole secondary readership of people who encounter the book to make it like it's their it's their bridge into the club. It's their first encounter, and hopefully it's a delightful encounter, right? right? Like they're they're entertained, they appreciate it, they think it's cool, and they want to join the club because it's it's the one of the main club. And it's not only is it a, a great asset for members who is like a substantive value for their memberships, but it's also a, a our best leading or our most oh, probably this our most prevalent leading. Um, I, I would agree with you. Leading piece. Know. So. You know, people find it in dealerships, you find it in tuners, you find it in, at shows, whatever. Um, so you want it to, the, I, that, well, that'll go into what I thought was the main weakness of the book when I took over it. I mean, we've updated the look of it, so obviously there were some improvements to be made there. But but more, it was mainly written by members, specifically for members. It right. was very inward looking. We use that comment a lot. And that's not a bad thing, per se. But it ignores that secondary reader, right? That reader that's exactly. I mean, I remember the first time I picked up Quattro Quarterly, which yeah. it was called at the time. Uh, and you're right; it's a lot of inside baseball stuff on that, which is, you know, I guess would be interesting as a member. But yeah, it's fine if you're in inside baseball, right? But if you're outside baseball, it's a little more, you know, it's it's harder to approach, right? So we that was one of the main fundamental shifts as we started to change the content and changing the content to 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 make it more. It, the, the ultimately m most successful that I can be is if it's ultimately entertaining and informative to the current members right? and entertaining and welping, welcoming to the people who aren't members who might consider being, if I can do all that, we're successful. Right. Um, but that's very different than the litmus of success of fortitude. So, <laughs> um, but you know, it, it, it's, it's nuanced, but it's, it's a difference. And part of that at club is working with member volunteers rather than, paid either paid contributors or even favors from people in the industry, whatever to, to put content in there. I think it's more valuable to work with members because it makes, it gives prominence to members. You look at somebody like Dennis Bo Markov, who's yeah. incredibly talented and it gives somebody like him a platform, Aaron plant now, who's really finding his pace as far yeah, as I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Well, yeah, you wait till seen the it yet, issue. We, we can talk about that here in a bit, but like, Aaron's been writing for the magazine very early on from, you know, even when I first started, but mm -hmm. he's really finding his pace. We've given him a column in the redesign of the book. We'll get to that uh, in the back of the book. And, and you know, in some of the speeches he's doing, just really great stuff. And so it gives a platform for guys like Aaron uh, or guys like Dennis to, to become better known in what they do. And Dennis, this is his profession. With Aaron, this is, and guys like Troy Sycott, 
it's an outlet for them. They've always kind of wanted to do this, mm -hmm. but like their day jobs are not that. So it's in some ways it's, it gives them professional experience in ways they may not have. Now guys with Dennis's or sorry, of, of uh, Aaron or, or Troy's caliber, they're already executives at, you know, uh, what mountain hardware for, for Troy. Troy yeah. And, and, um, you know, I think Aaron is like a VP of the software company. I mean, he's, he's, they're both pretty seasoned where they are in their careers, but at the same time, this is both flexing in a different way. Aaron has a journalism degree. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. That's okay. why stuff's so good out of the box. I okay. well, yeah, very that, that explains it. So, but that but that speaks to something else, right? Because you also have volunteers who aren't maybe necessarily journalism degrees, like and, me. No. <laughs> well, but yeah. you, you're you're becoming seasoned, and because you, you've done it now enough that, like, you know what I mean. Nobody's. I was horrible in the. I could tell you stories about. Uh, I'll tell you one. So <laughs> it's, it's not my proudest moment. Oh, do tell. Back in the day, I'm sure I've told you this one, but back in the day, we tried to launch and blew a lot of money on a, a general automotive site called Motive Magazine. Yes. It was a little ahead of its time, I like to think. It was beautifully laid out. It I, was beautiful. I, the website was I had amazing. nothing to do with that. That was Jamie, uh, who was in, and Dan making it work, and Jamie working with J.J. Uh, Larson, who I think came up in the last podcast, too, who's yes. now graphics at Rotiform. Uh, he did. He was at Dub Audi Group at the time, which was an Audi club, a VW Audi club out of <clears throat> building amazing cars out of New York, mm -hmm. um, primarily. And uh, JJ did the layouts for it, uh, and it was a beautiful site. It's just it didn't earn, uh, so we blew a lot of money on it. But the other thing is, we hired. I'm pretty proud of this. We hired Eddie Alterman to run it. This is between Eddie's. Eddie is now editor in chief of Car and Driver. He before that he was editor in chief of Motive Magazine. So we we I'd like to think we helped him get there. That's probably more Eddie than us, but I'll take a little bit of credit yeah. for it. Of teeny weeny like hair's width of a. But anyway, where I'm going with that is we were we were in Michigan at Gingerman. We rented Gingerman for the day to do a comparison between TT 3.2 that had just come out, the Mark II, mm -hmm. Z4 BMW, and the Cayman that had just come out, and. Um, you know, we spend all day at the track, kind of, it was amazing, it was a real eye-opener, the, the handling differences, the dynamic differences between these three cars, because they're very, they're on the same segment, but they're terribly yeah. different cars. All and, you know, and you're so used to doing with Volkswagen and Audi, yeah. and then, you know, pulling in these, these other yeah. competitors. And, and, and seeing how technical it came in is to, like, a teacher, well, like, we were all, like, the, the fastest guy and the slowest guy, I was second to slowest, I'm not going to tell you who slowest was, but I was second to slowest all day, and, and, um, uh, it was... And they, you know, the the difference between myself and the fastest guy who was like an SCCA relative pro to me. Brian? I mean, is that Brian? Chris Shapsmo. Okay. Brian might have been Brian, depending on the day. It was yeah. Chris, the CBO guys back in the day, but um, but Brian worked for us, and Chris was just an ace, so he came yeah. in and and, uh, and an engineer too. So, um, but anyway, the the difference between myself and Chris in the TT was quite small because the TT was very much point and go, right? right. Find the right line and go. So if you play video games, you know what you're doing. Um, <laughs> But if you, because it was all wheel drive and it was automatic, you know, it was DSG, yep. uh, early DSG cars. So it was no big deal. But the, Cay the Cayenne, I keep breaking this up, Cayman was uh, a manual transmission, you know, mid-engine. It was a much more technical car. And the the the, the delta between Chris and myself and the Cayenne or Cayman was <laughs> quite large. Right. right. Um, so you know what you're doing. The Cayman is a faster car. Um, but it, but everybody was fast in the TT. So I, you know, the, it's different philosophies of car, right? If you, I always thought they're the type of guys who like being in that differentiator car because it, 
you know, you have to know that you have to know. I remember I was mid corner. There was one really sharp corner, like almost like not quite a 180 um, at Gingerman. And I was, I went to downshift. I was at a long point in the corner. <laughs> it was a bad decision to begin with. And then I think I went down too far and it torque breaked so bad that it broke the back loose. And I almost lost, like completely lost it. But, but I mean, that's, it's that dance that you learn when you're doing those. Right. right? And, and um, so anyway, it was, that's, that's a total tangent, but back, we're back at the, the house that we rented that night and we're kind of, everybody's hanging out and having different conversations. And I walked into the room with, uh, it was between Jamie, who was my business partner and, uh, and Eddie, who was, you know, this amazing writer who was in our presence, who was teaching us some, you know, some trade. And, um, it was basically the conversation was Eddie was discussing what an awful writer I was. <laughs> 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 like, so, so. You know, it was an eye opener, but like you, you can't let that stop you, right? So I tried to learn as much as I could when I was around him, and unfortunately, you know, we couldn't keep the, you know, couldn't keep throwing money after, after bad. And, and motive was a great thing. I, I miss it, and I learned a lot from it, and I learned a lot from Eddie. But anyway, it was that's not there to that. So we, yeah, anyway, so back at the Quattro magazine, right? Um, I never worked for print, uh, and it was a, a big learning curve. We're here. We're working with. Speaking of writers being all over the board, right, which is what Eddie experienced with us, you want members to be in the book and you want members writing and, and gaining presence. So we have people who are becoming regulars in the book. Aaron is one. Troy is another. Uh, Dennis is another. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the people who were regulars before have kind of moved along. I stopped with the paid uh, contributors we'd been using. They're all good people. Right. Nothing wrong. But we wanted to put more members in the book. Right. And, and if I can remember correctly, some of those paid contributors were European you're they all were. Yeah, they were, yeah. Oh, they were all were. Yeah. Okay, so wrong Britain. You know, we're we're Audi Club North America. Yeah. So and and then of course there's the one guy who's been here yeah. from day one is Paul, Paul Robert. Yep. Yeah, and Paul was I think Paul was a, a, a you know he was the backbone of the book for so many years, which is why I think he's senior editor or whatever he's listed as in the masthead. But he um Paul was is so generous with his time to devote so much you know to he was really Karen's right hand person like right. that and and the amount of stories uh, you look at some of those old issues the amount of stories he contributed were you know yeah, well, yeah i mean writing a lot of the book right yeah i know karen depended on him heavily yeah she wasn't a writer right so she she when you something you do learn the more you write the easier it gets so i'm sure you saw the first you couple, me yeah the, <laughs> well, the first couple stories you did right i know just from the lead time from when you gave it to me it took longer to get from you mm-hmm. and nowadays it's it's not so bad so um you know it's much shorter does that make sense? Yeah. Uh, shoot. Paul Rivera. Yes. Thank yeah. you. Who's been great and is still with the book and still contributes. Um, so uh, thank him for that. Mm-hmm. And, um, but it, Ray Reyes, another one. There are more and more people getting involved. And and so one of the things early on working with Club, we called, I don't think you were on the call, uh, but we were we had a chat with uh, Larry Koch, who was okay, BMW yeah. Clubs. He was head of BMW Motorsport, but he was liaison for bmw club at the time and that's one of the things he said about their magazine is it's a great platform for people to build their name right right? and get to be known and so whether that's within club right as maybe you have visions of being on the board of directors or getting more involved at the leadership or whether that's getting more known in the industry because as the magazine gets greater prominence to gain professional experience writing for the magazine uh, shooting as you know, Dennis is in the industry and he's a young guy building his career. Right. And this is critical experience for him. 
Um, yeah, he's, he's had a couple of covers already. Yeah, and and uh, does amazing work, and he gets you know, get more known. We found that with Fortitude too was. You know, there are people who are wanting to start their careers and get get their start there. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and you know, so that's kind of, a, it's a great platform for people to to get known in that way. And so we're constantly, I prefer to work more with, you know, with Audi Club members than with not. We know some people in the industry. We did, like, for instance, with Houghton Haynes. Yes. Uh, Quattro that we featured <laughs> shortly after taking over the magazine. We worked with Cy Gray, who's a known, he shoots for PDW magazine and size, you know, a known quantity in the UK. Part of that was because we're not in the UK and we needed a photographer who was there. Right. And part of that was, you know, we're, to somebody like Howden Haynes, we're not going to set up a time with him and then send somebody in and get garbage photography <laughs> and then have to shoot it again and again. And, you know, yeah, it's like, I, mean, side, I remember, I, I remember the photo shoot. Yeah. So, so, you know, we, we will use contributors in that way from time to time, paid contributors. But I don't have a huge budget for that, right? right. So, we're, like for instance, we use some of the budget now for the spy photography that we've just started putting on the website, and we might put some of that in the book too. But, but um, it really, I think that the, the difference between Quattro Magazine and Fortitude is it's it's part of the responsibility of running Quattro is getting members in the book, whether that's contributors, whether that's member profiles. Um, there's again more of a member ownership of this publication right. than there was of just me doing whatever the hell I wanted to with <laughs> So, as you're working along with the issues, and then you become the editor, uh, the editor in chief yeah. uh, of the magazine. And at what point did you decide that, you know, I I want to change, you know, the look, the feel. So, it was about I think it was early 2018. We had a board meeting. <laughs> can't remember where we traveled for it i don't remember where that was was that milwaukee no uh, no 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 no. that wasn't the milwaukee one my brain just doesn't work like no. it used to bill i don't even remember it doesn't really matter to be honest like, yeah who cares <laughs> the people who were there will know otherwise <laughs> it was an undisclosed location but um so we we just we just uh was that when paul came in it was before paul it was oh that's right it was yeah, the yeah, spring you know when yes. right after karen had announced she was leaving it was i think in wisconsin and and it was that presentation was a little bit less about, you know, about the book, but it was about where it was before I took over the book, quite frankly, it was about as I was taking it over. Right. And it was, it was, where can we go from here? And that was a greater discussion. It wasn't just in regards to the book. It was about how do we consider Audi club as an organization and how it caters to Audi enthusiasts. Who are those enthusiasts? Mm -hmm. um, should we include more than, you know, put priority on other things than traditional priorities like HPD? Of course, you'd, you're never going to not put priority on that, but, but, you know, being more inclusive to say, you know, I don't know, Q7, I don't know which I own one. Um, <laughs> but, but like but trying to figure that out. And so in doing that, we created a couple Photoshop mock-up covers of, I remember those. of, of the magazine. Yeah. And, and I think even then we thought, well, let's rename it Quattro to get rid of the quarterly part. So we're not limited by that in the future if we ever want to do more issues per year. And so we, there were a couple mock-ups we did just to sort of wow them. You know, mm -hmm. we didn't really have any plan at that time. And I honestly, with Karen on her way out, and it was a couple, it was probably at least six months there, right, before Paul was in place. Yeah, it was, it was a while. So there really wasn't leadership at the club to make this sort of executive decision to do it. And so it just kind of stayed in stasis, right? These pictures stayed on my hard drive and it really weren't. So we, we had the idea before then, but before Paul came, there was no impetus to do it because there really wasn't the authority to do it. And right. Then, 
Um, with the new executive director in place, uh, Paul Truist comes in in what the fall ish October. It was oh, I want to say November, maybe November. Yeah. yeah, and then we we were you know operating there for a bit, and then mid year we kind of had the discussion again with Paul, and Paul's like, let's maybe if we're going to do this, let's do it at the beginning of the year. Oh yeah, because I think we talked about maybe doing it last summer. We did, but you know it was it was that break. I mean, New Year. You know, new yeah. issue, which well, made Q1 sense. Q one issue, yeah, it did make sense. Yeah, and frankly, we weren't ready at the time anyway. But, but um, part of this was if you ever have the ability to look it up, uh, Alloy and Grit is a Land Rover magazine published by a very talented guy, uh, Brian Joslin, who used to work with us, mm -hmm. and he was one of the. You know, I think he was a senior editor. Was his position at Motive uh, yeah. that we ran? So former coworker of ours uh, at Vortex, but uh, since has launched his own his own magazine about the Land Rover lifestyle. Um, it's a really pretty coffee table piece. It's a really nice book. He learned a lot with that magazine. He was very helpful, generous, I would even say, in helping me learn a lot about mm -hmm. the process of the redesign. We could not have done this redesign without Brian. Just how much we learned from him. And we're now using, we, first of all, we benchmarked his book. What he had created was such a beautiful product. Materially, we, we benchmarked what he did. We're different dimensions than he is. He's wider than us. Yeah, he is. Uh, we matched our width. We matched Audi Magazine, which Audi puts out. So you'll find that in dealers. Now, their their material quality is crazy. Their budgets are crazy. <laughs> it's it's a beautiful, beautiful coffee yes. table piece. We don't have the budget for that. So Brian created Alloy and Grit on a budget. And we, we so, you know, we knew it about where we would come in cost-wise. And we went and talked. We're at the same printer. The same, the only things we are different on alloy and grit from a material standpoint is width, and we don't do a soft touch kind of lacquer on the cover, which I'd love to do at some point. Maybe we will. And then page count's probably different too. I think we're, we're a little bit different than they are. Right. But, but I mean, if you have a chance, it's alloy and grit. It's a beautiful book. Yeah, alloy so. and the grit, G R I T uh, it, dot com, I think is their website. So if you're at all in the Land Rover, particularly the, I think they're more of the Defender, you know, going mm -hmm. mudding kind of. Uh, often not, I don't want, that's probably a bad <laughs> analogy because they're not like, you know, rotos or pickup trucks. Yeah. These are the guys who are going out, uh, into the, you know, into the, the thicket and, and driving these, these British, these beautiful British rigs. And then, you know, maybe hunting or, or of course wearing a lot of plaid probably. Yeah. <laughs> like, it is a lifestyle. It and, is and, a lifestyle. <laughs> and, uh. Shown beautifully. I mean, the the, the layout they do, which uh, um, they, I forget his name, a very talented layout guy they have, and it's just a really well put together book. And it's one of those great niche publications that, mm -hmm. like, you know, could only exist with a very loyal fan base. Which so there are a lot of parallels to us, right? And so that's what we created with with when we were redesigning the book. We were, you know, we went for something very similar materially. You know, it, we we try to match up. From a design standpoint, we we were Matt Rule is another speaking of people who are involved with the magazine. Yes, that's right. Matt's Can't a member Matt. uh, who does who does the layouts for the books, and he's done them now for gosh several years, well before my time with the book. And uh, you know that we wanted to change the look and feel of the book to be more on brand to Audi, so we tightened up all the use of their corporate identity. The it, the fonts usage is much more consistent. The the um, you know, the layout, we Matt and I kind of poured over the different magazines that Audi puts out worldwide. So Audi Magazine and Counter Magazine, which unfortunately just closed down. Um, the, the print issue of that, I just got the letter from Audi Germany 
that I'm no longer going to be receiving it because they're it's just it doesn't really make sense for them anymore. But it, it's we looked at that. We looked at some of their annual reports and other print materials that Audi does, and we tried to take you know learn from those and and put it into our format and go. And I think he was hugely successful. I mean, oh, Matt, I think Matt did yeah. with the layout stuff. He did a great job, and and uh, you know was wasn't he like he felt rejuvenated, right? When he was, I mean, I don't want to speak for him, but I think, yeah. I think he's enjoyed. Sorry, I'm going to speak for him. No, yeah, no. I think one of the. I will say this. I think one of the one of the things that Matt I think has been able to do that I've made a priority of doing since coming with, you know, the the book is I had um, just more resources is finding photography right. Whether I, I shoot myself professionally mm-hmm. and I'm not, you know, I'm not one of the like great photographers like Rick Dole or you know any of those guys Regis. Like the, those are motorsport photographers, Camden Thrasher. Oh my God, that guy has so much talent. But, um, or, or like even Dennis or Sagre, right? Yep. Like with feature cars. But, um, but I do shoot professionally. And so we have a lot of photo stock from that and, and getting guys like Dennis to partake because where we would pay for writers, we were never paying, at least that I ever saw, for photography before my time. And so finding people like Cy and pay, instead of paying for the written story, right. paying for the photography and then writing the story from our end. I think I wrote no. Tim wrote the uh, the oh, main story, yeah. Yeah, which Tim did. lived. Tim it was another contributor, right? Mm-hmm. Tim it lives in Baltimore, right? So it's not like he even. I think I don't know if he ever met Halden at the track because he went to Sebring with us a couple years, but right. like, but more. It, Tim wrote that story, and we paid for photography, and it came out much more beautifully uh, than it would have. You know where we can control. You know, Tim is quite a good writer, and mm-hmm. and and. Um, so, so we can control that from afar, but we can't control photography from afar. Um, and so giving Matt, that's a tangent, but giving Matt a lot of photography makes, you know, the book that much more, cause he has so much more to choose from. Nowadays, it's a different problem. It's he and I might have a aesthetic difference of opinion of which photo goes into right. the story. And so we'll have discussions about that. And the other thing I love about Matt is he's, he's really talented. You know, you look at the book, it, it shows. And I've been a little bit more hands-on since we redesigned it about wanting this photo or that photo in the right. shot and in the layout where before I just, whatever he did, he did. And, but he has no ego, right? Like he's, <laughs> I've worked with other contributors before, even volunteer contributors, not here. I'm not dissing anybody in the magazine, but I, I can think of one guy off hand uh, with fortitude who, when I, he would give me the most awfully written stories and then I would re- have to effectively rewrite them. And, um, he was really aggravated that it wasn't in his voice. And it's like, well, that's a really refined point for you to have. It's not my voice when what you're giving me is garbage. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so <laughs> fortunately I'm blessed to have much better contributors now. And I'm not opposed to working with people who aren't trained in writing. Cause this guy was not, he was very good at certain things. Writing was not his forte, but um, we're, we're used to that. I think the challenge is just more being able to work with people who want to learn and mm-hmm. improve their craft. And, this, I think most of our contributors are like that. Yeah, in this case, you know? the guy I'm talking about was a very talented photographer. And so he was out, you know, he was out ahead of the game on the photography side. Right. And he wanted to write, which was fine, but his writing was really not very good. And I think that's the hard part was like he thought he'd arrived and he really had no, he had no basis by which to measure the writing. He, it's not like he had experience. It's not like I was just coming in with a difference of opinion. He just didn't have experience. Right. And, and in this case, if people want to, you know, work or improve their craft and have more collaborative, like my stuff's not perfect. And if we have a conversation about that, you know, Matt might tell me, Hey, this photo that you shot is lacking and here's why we can all learn from that. 
And what I loved about Matt with this was was more in a very non-egotistical way in any way. There were a couple stories where like I had him change the layouts, and this, particularly this first issue that came out, the mm-hmm. Q1 issue. And um, I, I, there were a couple stories where I'm back, wouldn't it be better if it were like this or like that? Or why don't you try this? And then by Q2, he's like, hey, why don't you just make a subfolder that's like the photos I want you to use? <laughs> of, I appreciate that you gave me like 150 photos. Give me the five that you're thinking yeah. really need to be in it. Because I don't want to do this twice. Yeah. <laughs> right? Which makes total sense. But I mean, from a, it, it was it was very refreshing because a, a, a bigger ego in this creative space would have been more, you know, now I'm going to go to, you know, go to loggerheads with you on this because I want this photo, not right. that photo. So, but it's good that, you know, we're all kind of collaborative in this and we're all kind of learning in a way that you never stop learning, right? I probably have most experience in this, but I'm by no means perfect in this in any way. And mm-hmm. and so that's neat to learn. But yeah, so we we uh, we put this issue together. So I didn't back up, we were last, what, last fall? And we were like, if we're going to do this for we have to 2019, do it now. Yeah. yeah, we got to do it now. And, and um, Paul had the... You know, Paul, Paul did, and part of it was like, Paul was like, well, what, you know, what's the time frame on this? And what's this going to take? And what's this? And, and a lot of people come back to learn anything. The answer was, I don't know, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, we're going to have to learn on that one. And I, so the fact that he had the faith to let us kind of exactly. proceed without knowing really if we were going to land in the net or land splat on the ground is, is, um, is a testament to Paul and his trust in us or... Or uh, I don't know if that's good or bad in him, but he had trust. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it worked. It worked in this case because, yeah. um, you know, I've, it's 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 very egotistical, but it's really nice to see all the accolades coming in uh, about the magazine. Yeah. I mean, it, it's it, you know, it, it's great for us, but you know, we're not doing this for us. Yeah, you know, we're we're trying to do it for the members. We're trying to do it for people who are interested and in the club. T- I'll just, from management perspective, what I loved about that decision that Paul made is, you know, club had become a very established thing right and with any organizational cycle you have um you become established and you only really want to make safe moves at that point because you really don't want to mess with the right you know the the money maker and and you know if the club has a money maker it's the magazine and and so being able to take that leap of faith was i certainly appreciate it um and i think it's paid off in spades you know we've got a lot like you said we've got a lot of positive comments the negative comments I've gotten are, you know, constructive. You, right. you can learn from it. Now, we're always going to have a different opinion. You know, if I pulled this member from Wisconsin or this mem- that member from Florida, we may not have, you know, the exact same opinion on, you know, like, for instance, I got an email. It was like, why don't you do more motorsport news? Well, we made the conscious decision not to do motorsport news because it's timely, right? It's, it's, yeah. it's stale in a matter of days. Like and, if it happened in the beginning of the quarter, you're not going to read about it. Till right. Three and months and later. honestly, even if it happened 24 hours before we went to print, it's still two weeks old <laughs> by the time, yeah. right? It's just the, it's the nature of the medium. That's why we have the website. Yeah. So what we decided was let's do like, for instance, back before we redesigned, we did that interview with, um, Ashley Freiberg and Goja Redest at, yes. at, at uh, Daytona, which is, I re- was really happy with the way that came out and they were both wonderful to work with. But they, that was telling a story of them, not, well, they got ninth place and here was their race, right. you know, recap. Because you got that 24, you got it probably live action. Like as it happened, you either watched it or you could read about it. So really telling their stories and kind of how they got there and, you know, the challenges they had in their careers and everything else was more informative. To me, it's, if it can be informative and entertaining to the members, then we're, that's the main focus. Right. And so... 
We are going a little bit, since the redesign, we've added in an Audi news section and Audi club news. There's a little bit of a summary thing there. Maybe we'll look at sport, but man, sport is tough because we only have 100 pages to work with. Mm -hmm. And this is, the to me, the magazine is a premium. It is our, you know, where the web, we have, and that's the other side of this. We have the web redesign at this point. Yes, we do. You're, you're hitting it every day on the blog. Uh, and we're able to do things in a very timely manner and in a way that sort of, that, that you can embed video and, 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 and in a way that you can't do with a print magazine. So there's no need to be redundant, right? Let's, let's you know, I, there are some basic Audi news things that I'm doing there that might be a little bit redundant, but for the most part, they need to exist separately and even better if we can do it in a way that sort of coexists. Like we've talked about oh, some yeah. ideas of doing the, the full gallery and kind of making yeah, that live. Exactly. The websites there are going you know, to complement the magazine. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and even better if we can get the, make the magazine, the print magazine that you know we're holding here. You can't see on uh, if you're listening, but you know we have the magazine, the print magazine here. If you're able to make that part of the story on Facebook or Instagram, and people are kind of you know it can interact online world with real world <laughs> as you're reading it, um, then we're hitting on all cylinders. Right. Like we're we're doing it well, and that's the part of I never appreciated that about print when I was doing Fortitude. You know, I was Fortitude. I was like. Digital's it, you know what I mean. That's all that's ever going to be. And frankly, when I when I took over the book, when I took when I started working with Club, I got asked by Audi or, and some people at a Club, is there room for the magazine? Does the magazine yeah. still make sense? Well, that was going to be my next question to you: is like, how has your opinion changed from being a web publisher to actually publishing a book, like yeah, paper book? It, I mean, it's it's premium. I think it's a premium product, and not just because you know we have nicer paper now, and you know if we do that that. You know the soft touch, which mm -hmm. we haven't done yet. But we'll you came in thinking, yeah, it's it's an it's a dinosaur, right? It's, it's old. Right? I, I remember old tech. I, I remember you kind of like thinking well, that way, like you know. Brian, this all goes back to Brian Johnson, right? When he when he launched Alloy and Grid, I was like, that's cool, but why you don't print, man? Like he, <laughs> Brian's always been fixated on print. Yes, like as long has. as he's worked with us, he's he's had that sort of he gets print and he gets the need for it, and he's a student of it. And I was not. So I've learned it since and I've learned it from Ryan. So I thank him for that. But like, it's also, I can't hold, like everything online is so disposable, right? Like it's, it's a file and I can delete it and you know, you'll never know. Right. It's gone. If I, you know, or if on Facebook, 10 minutes later, it's down your feed, it's gone. Right. That's the downside to web. And with, at least with print, it's, it's more permanent. You hold it, it's substantive. You encounter it when you're not necessarily looking for a pretty picture of a car, right? You, we saw it there at the dealership today when That's we were right. dealer. And so you encounter it in a place where you're not, it's, it's, it's a pleasure because you're not seeking something at that moment, right? Mm -hmm. You're not, if I'm online and I'm looking for a picture of an Audi, guess what I find? A picture of an Audi, right? Thanks, <laughs> thanks Google. But, but, like, <laughs> but like, if I'm, if I'm at the dealer and I encounter this book, I don't know that this specific German on the road is. And it's like, oh, wow, look at that. What's, you know, it's, it's. It's um, an elation, you know what I mean? And, and it's an experience and you can't do that or maybe it's just a different experience with mm -hmm. web. But I think there's room for both. And I think if we have a multi-platform portfolio, this is the, the top, right? And then the web is the daily, you know, soup to nuts. Everybody everybody has access, whether you're in Antarctica or, you know, Podunk, Idaho. So um, that, that's where, I, yeah, I'm, I'm now, I get the value of print. So you're, you're, you're saying now that print is not dead. No. And, and what's funny is you look at like, well, European cars, since we took, I took over this book, European car went away and 
Um, now I just got this letter this week that Encounter is going away, which is Audi's, Audi Germany's technology magazine, for those who don't know. We used to pick it up in Germany, and somehow I got on their mailing list, so it would come here still. Um, and it's available online, and it's a great book. If you, there's also the Audi magazine, which is amazing. Yep. But the, I think there's a niche for it, and, and I think people enjoy reading about, you know, like I know Pacific German has gotten this layout printed out and framed on their wall at their mm -hmm. shop. Like there's something, and I know whenever people get the cars featured, similar deal. You know, people enjoy seeing themselves in print, reading about themselves. Isn't in that print. funny? You yeah, know, it's like I'm the same way. Yeah, I mean, no, but I'm just saying, like, uh, you know, obviously, I want to say we grew up, but uh, with forum based or whatever, yeah. you, know, you 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 post a picture of somebody's car and they're like really happy. But you're right, it's it's intangible. Oh there's yeah, nothing. You it, know, at Vortex when we were like Performance VW was our main print competitor. Mm -hmm. And when we were trying to do feature stories at Vortex, we would literally have car owners go, yeah, they just shot it for PBW. You can feature it, but you can't feature it before them because they won't feature it if you do first, right? Right. Um, which kind of stunk, but they always <laughs> saw the, the, the greater value in print. And then, yeah, okay, then you can do it online. And, and the other side of this, it's not just an age thing, right? Like, because you and I are very analog still. We're, I'm 47. Uh, but my 10-year-old, my who is very digital in her life, right, is... When, when she was very impressed when I showed her my picture in this magazine. Uh -huh. um, like, Why do you look so angry? <laughs> but, <laughs> really? Oh, yeah. well, okay. I remember the picture. Of it. Yeah. <laughs> it's from Daytona. Clint Eastwood kind of look trying for. Uh, but, but, and my mom probably thinks it ought to be more happy too, to be honest. Of course. But, yeah. but regardless, my 10 year old is very impressed, right? And so, like, it's, it's even, I think that transcends. It's not just a generational kind of. You know, nostalgia. It's it's yeah, it's, but it's you know, yeah. I so I'll, I'll say I'm almost fifty, but you know, it's neat to actually hold it into your hand. Mm -hmm. And like you said, people have uh, taken out uh, their you know out of the magazine and made a yeah. presentation of it. Or, what, or uh, additionally, man, it, like TV, right? Like you and I can film ourselves and put ourselves up on YouTube right now. Mm -hmm. No big deal. But like if if. I pop up on like the evening news or, you know, or actually, you know, you look at like guys like Brian Scotto, another Audi guy, right? But Brian who works with Ken Block and they have that, you know, Brian's been on, he's been in, uh, what's that, uh, Gymkhana series that Ken does. Brian's been in those. He's been on, they have a very widely watched YouTube channel, mm -hmm. but now they're on Amazon with this documentary they did of the making of and like they've been nominated for Emmys and, you know, whatever. It's 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 a very different thing when you see yourself even on these traditional like TV or or a magazine. So, that, well, that's a huge tangent. We're at like an hour into almost that. an hour. Okay, so yeah. um, what are your plans for? What are your future so, plans? Should we what talk are, about the book. Yeah, yeah. So I'm just gonna page through it. We, a couple changes we made. The columns at the beginning stayed the same or largely. Right. We added Audi news. We added. Um, we've added this issue coming out. We've added Audi e-tron news. That's um, right. Now, some of you may think that's forced uh, if you're not ready for electric yet, but frankly, the industry is going there. And with e-tron coming out now, I mean, about the same time the magazine comes out, mm -hmm. uh, the new, the first all electric e-tron is going to be out. And it is part of the Audi experience, right? So as much as the Urquattro is part of the Audi experience, these e-trons are going to be part of the Audi experience. And Audi, as you know, they're the first winner at Le Mans with a hybrid, right? 2000. 12 first hybrid uh, to ever win Le Mans is Audi. Uh, they haven't run a full electric at Le Mans yet, but mm -hmm. I bet Audi's going to be in their contention if they ever do it. And so, you know, it, electric is part of, and technology, the pr progression of technology has always been part of Audi. Oh, yeah. 
So whether it's Quattro, whether it's, you know, virtual cockpit, whether it's, you know, Audi space frame, there are all these things that Audi likes to lead on and it's generally technology based. So to think that Audi is not going to be on the forefront of electric mm -hmm. is, I don't think you get Audi if, if you don't at least recognize it. You don't have to like it. You know, yeah, I like, I love the sound of a five cylinder turbo, um, you know, or an R8 V8 NASCAR craziness. Like I, <laughs> I, I love all that, but at the same time, I get that electric is part of it. And so we added e-tron news. There's going to be more e-tron stuff. I think my columns about that. So you'll see that we did the feature on Pacific Germans all road, which God love those guys for building that car. Uh, and that was in that issue. We've got a couple lead features on the next issue that are a little more traditional. Andre Lauder's, um, yeah, yeah his daily driver, his, okay. his, his, <laughs> his sport Quattro. Cause, uh, the, the dudes like Andre's cars, the ladies like Andre, whatever. But, but, um, maybe some of the dudes like Andre too. <laughs> I don't know. But, uh, but well, there's nothing wrong with that. He is <laughs> an incredibly talented guy with an incredibly keen sense of cool cars, and that's just one of his collection. But, um, uh, but he's he, so, and he's also becoming a really talented photographer. So we didn't, rather than using Cy Gray to shoot like Halden's car, right. we decided to use Andre to shoot Andre's car. I think and, it's, I think it was just it's the whole package is fantastic. Yeah. You know, he writes it. It is his car, yeah. you know, and well, you'll read the story, but it's, it's, you know, it's a great story, Yeah. but he also shot it too. So it's a very personal, yeah. you know, I mean, he's gonna, you know, it's, it's the, way too easy to read the, and the hard And the hard part in writing that story, because we've been wanting to do that story for a while, but we were talking to Andre about it and I really wanted to push it off until after the redesign. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't want to put it in this first redesign because like, honestly, I didn't know that the redesign was going to come together as well as it right. did. And I wasn't sure what to expect. And I, I didn't want to pull that trigger and call somebody like Andre and be like, look, man, do you know, can you work with us on this? I, frankly, I was going to wait for Halden too for the redesign, but Halden had just bought it and we will revisit Halden when he finishes building that car. Yep. We'll do another story on that and, and make him proud with the layout. But, but with, with Andre, I wanted to make sure that we were up to speed. We knew it after this first issue came out, we knew we were up to speed. So reached out to him and, but the downside to that is Petrolicious did that video on him. Yeah. Like, what Two was that, January? Yeah. Yeah. And so the trick was then, well, at least we'd seen it. So the trick was, what else, what other part of that story can we tell? Is there more story to tell than just what they had already covered? Mm -hmm. um, and fortunately, there was a lot of ground to cover. Uh, you know, we go back with Andre. I've known him since, not well. I, I mean, I, I know him better now. But back then, he, he was racing a Colas R10 TDI when Audi was racing R15s, right? And that's when he kind of pops into our our orbit, right? Mm -hmm. That we kind of knew of him. But so um, being able to to get him in on that and learn about his, you know, some of the backstory of his dad and the other, I don't think we've touched too much on that other cars he owns, but um, but touching on his dad and the history there and the, the, the tuning on the car, which kind of goes back to his family history. There's just a lot of cool elements of that. So look for that in the next issue. Yeah, so then we did... You know, trying to think any other features. We did the op feature. We do another op feature. So last issue, we did this story of the two, the Sport Quattro bodied, or Quattro, long wheelbase, the white one that they've had forever. They built in the <laughs> 80s when it was new. And an RS5R, this next issue, we're going, uh, jumping forward to a, a B390 that they built. And it's kind of, it's not... It's got a rear wing kind of like him, but it's got a sport quattro motor, and it's a built wide body. I mean, it's a cool car. Again, built in period. 
Right. So, you know, late 80s, that was probably built in like 89, 90, somewhere around there, right as Audi was racing with IMSA and racing there 90 with IMSA. And so that's it's a wide body, but it's nothing like, other than that rear spoiler, it's nothing like the race car, but it's so badass. And you don't see a lot of nine, like B3s built. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know O34 Motorsport built some really crazy ones mechanically, but they weren't really, you'd never, you wouldn't really notice by looking at them. So... And O34 has moved on from the B3 platform. That was kind of, um, you know, where they got their start. But so, you know, putting that in there, um, we got a new interview feature in the new issue. So going back to O34, Javad Shadzi from that's right from O34, Troy, who used to work with them, interviewed him. We want to do more interviews. Troy, in particular, has really wanted to do those sorts of features. So we're going to do some more telling personal stories, not just about the cars, but about the people. Sometimes it'll be a tuner. Sometimes it'll be... You know, it could be a race car driver, could be a a, a member. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we're gonna go kind of all over, but but uh, we're trying to tell some more personal stories and trying to look and see what else we had in the in the old issue that we added. Wow, <laughs> that was loud. <laughs> yeah, we did. So one of the things we changed was we added the calendar. The calendar used to just be high performance driving events, which that didn't go away. But we wanted to well augment it. You know. Yeah, that's your purview. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah we, we, oh, oh it's, it's, we're segueing, segueing to me. So, you know, it did used to just be the HPD calendar. Um, but we decided to, hey, what else is out there? What are, you know, aside from, uh, those chapters who don't do HPDs that often, what are they doing? Yeah. You know, so we, we asked uh, them to send our events. Obviously, the big shows that are going on in the area. Uh, yes, we want to do that also. Um, so you'll see it, you know, each quarter you'll see a list of not only HPDs, but what the other chapters yeah. are doing, what races are out there. Well, at and, the the, time. and the other change we made to that was like they would start like if it's this year, they would start 2019 uh, with their list right, of yes. all the HPDs that were planned. And then as we I got mean, throughout the whole year. Yeah. So. And as we got to the end of the year, we would just cr- like delete the events that had already happened. And the columns get shorter and shorter. Yeah, by the end of the year, you have this big blank page, yeah. right? Which didn't make a lot of sense. So what we're trying to do now with this new one is it's the quarter plus one. So, uh, you know, for the first issue that you would have in your hands, if you don't have the second one by now, it would have been the first three months of the year plus April. Plus April. And and in this case, it's, uh, you know, the, the second quarter plus one. And so, and then it's all the events. So, useful tool. And then... Going back to the old magazine, we closed out Troy Sykot's Project TTRS mm-hmm. uh, in the new issue. I'd love to do more projects. They have to be the right one. And there are a lot of, I don't want to really go through all the process of like choosing a good project car um, because a lot of it can be the owner and what the owner's capable of. Right. Um, what the expectations are, how reliable uh, they are for like getting the project built. Because you decide you want to do a project car, everybody would love free parts or <laughs> discounted parts for their car and, and a, a big stage by which to make your car internet famous. And, 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 and we all are on the same page on that. But the challenge with the project car is getting it written, getting it built, getting it shot, even better. Getting, you know. Yeah. Getting it beautiful photography, even better getting it out to events to support clubs or like be in a booth. It's, it's a lot more than just getting cool parts for right. a good price. And so for that reason, I, you know, I, 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 that's a greater discussion, but for the moment, I think for this year, this being the 35th anniversary of the club, I did a little bit of math, just having a conversation beers one night with Will Barber from Audi um, over lamenting that we didn't have a project car for the upcoming issue. And <laughs> I have this 84 4000 sitting in my garage that I've been meaning to build forever. And so it's also 35 years old, just like the club. 
And um, so we decided we're going to do a quick. I have a bunch of parts for that car anyway. Um, well, you've been storing. You've been piling, stockpiling parts for that car man. for years. So we're going to do a, at least this year. It's going to be a quick, down and dirty project of of uh, a couple upgrades. I got to order some parts for it. But but um, so that'll be one of the features. And uh, and I'm glad you're doing it because you'll finally get started using all these parts that have been piled up in yeah. the garage. Well, for and 50th <laughs> anniversary, man. If I of Audi this year, 35th right. of Club, 35th of that car. So. Uh, it'll definitely be at national in the fall, but uh, I mean, who knows if it's if it's progressed and it's somewhat reliable to drive. At the moment, it hasn't been breaking, but I don't drive it enough to like. Mm -hmm. There's always something. Oh, I love this car. It is pristine. So, but it's left to sit a couple times. Yeah. So we'll see how reliable it is. But <laughs> but uh, who knows? Maybe we'll ship it out to Monterey if it's coming along by then. If it sits as it sits now, maybe it won't. <laughs> but we'll see. I'm excited about it. Yeah. So. so back to the magazine. Back to the magazine. We added uh, this is. Back Bill's section of the book. You've been doing choice gear now for a oh, while. Yeah, choice gear, which you know, cool, yeah. cool stuff that we find for Audi enthusiasts. So, so we did make a functional change there because there used to be one uh, that was a wonderful column in its own right, which was uh, memorabilia lane, which which was about some some older. Right. Uh, he would buy something. He'd find something cool at an antique store or an old closing down hobby shop or something. Very cool, but not terribly replicable. Well, yeah, exactly, because you can't. I mean, if this was the you know the last of whatever, or yeah. it was built. I mean, it was made back in nineteen sixty five. Yeah, you know, it's it, it'll be hard to replicate, as you said. Um, yeah, well, and I, I mean, you and I were looking on eBay earlier, and we saw that model car from Germany, and and you know, it's one. Right. It's not something that somebody else can buy too, and so it's hard for the reader to relate, right? And I think that's the important difference of what we do now versus what we were doing in that column previously. And so what we're doing now, we, we separated out model cars. They get yeah. their own, um, if the toys like matchbox cars or slot cars, uh, remote control cars, they go in. They still regular, be our, our regular choice gear. gear. Yeah. But, but scale model cars get their own. But these are all, I mean, these aren't easy to buy in some cases. It might be, a, you're gonna have to, you know, call up Germany and order it from there. Uh, but for like crazy hardcore model car enthusiasts who want like that exact they thing. They will get that. Yeah, dude, yeah. I just bought a car and I've been waiting on it for six months. <laughs> it's not an Audi, but I bought a car that was custom painted. Oh, that's there's a guy in Europe, <laughs> yeah, who will, who will paint it, and I own a car that's not an Audi. That that uh, it's it's that color, and they don't make it in that color, and so he made it in that color. This guy even uh, made custom decal. I sent him a picture of my license plate, and he made a custom decal of my license plates put on it. I didn't expect to be that nerdy, but it's a long story. I ordered the car; <laughs> it arrived here. It was. Crazy Busted. broken up. Yeah, <laughs> they dropped it about twenty thousand times between here and Germany, and um, so he was he collected the insurance and was able to make another one. So that's why it's taken so long to get it. But but anyway, where I'm going with that is if you're willing to go the distance, right? Like you'll you'll get it. You know? Yeah, and and were there cool things like there's a one twelfth Pikes Peak out there? Very few of them because they made them years ago. You can find them. So these might, the ones we put in aren't that hard to find. No. But you might have to call Germany or you might have to, it may not be immediately available in the US. And so uh, that's Choice Gear uh, or Choice Gear model cars and then Choice Gear regular stuff. And then the this part, is kind of new too. The, the parts for cars, we added that too. Yep. Yeah. Since I, we've been doing that for a couple of issues. That's not like it was just for the redesign, but it's nice because we're trying to mix it with like, you know, there are the typical current advertiser parts that say APR, because I know in the upcoming issue we have some APR stuff and some AWE tuning stuff for new models, right? Like APR's right. new ECU for R8. And that's great news for R8 owners, but then we've also tried to do some nerdier parts, right? Like this 3D printed, you know, part for or Quattro that was in the first issue. 
or the redesign issue or these kind of custom made turbo fans. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, they're, you know, maybe not that there is a guy making them. You might have to order again from Europe, but, um, they're cool kind of nerdier parts that maybe not don't have the business case that say a, an ECU tune for a new R8 does, but, but regardless, it's if you've got an older Quattro, finding that part might actually be helpful. Right, right? and um, it's entertaining to look at, even if <laughs> even if I don't own an older Quattro, because not my name is Stu. But um, there's that, and then a, pro, a feature I am really, really proud of. We've been doing before the redesign too is Dennis with his in, the Instagrammers to follow. Yeah. that's been a great way for us to engage a lot of audience who maybe aren't like your typical HPD attendee or car show guy, but like people who typically a younger audience, people who are really driven by Instagram, because again, getting that prominence, um, is, is that, or that recognition is nice. Isn't it funny though? Because, uh, like some of the people who are featured in, uh, in, in a print magazine, were really excited to see themselves in a print magazine as showing as somebody, as somebody like, you know, regramming their, their photo on Instagram. I mean, it's, it was, it was pretty neat that, you know, uh, yeah, the younger crowd was, hey. Yeah. Well, and it's also, I will say this, like, we, you know, we have another feature like the member cars, right? Like, so we do features on the member cars and, but not everybody has like a built, you know, or even a car that they maybe want to share. Maybe it's a winter beat or whatever, but there are other ways to share other parts of your Audi passion, not just your, your car, but maybe your photography of cars, Mm -hmm. right? Which is where some of these people come into play. So like, it's been great for making the magazine also part of the digital discussion right. on Instagram, especially. So I think that helps ensure the, the long life for the magazine, but it's been a great way to engage younger members too, especially because Instagram's a younger demographic and having Dennis write it. Dennis is prominent on Instagram probably than either you or I are. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, and, his followers show. <laughs> yeah. But then also he's been instrumental in like the Audi club yep. Instagram account. And, and so it's just an, an, again, another great way to give, Dennis some prominence in a field that he's already in. Um, so I'm really proud of that, the way that feature came out. We started adding the design feature. So the angry box one in the last issue of that kind of 80. Um, the next issue is really interesting. It's based or the design. It's a design of a rebody of a current product. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's not even, it's, it's based on the R8, but it's not even an Audi. So I'm not going to say <laughs> what it is, but I think it's cool as crap. It's and pretty it's, cool. Yeah. And you don't have to be ultra nerdy either. Yeah. But. Something we may do like a more traditional, um, at just simple, you know, talking, call up Guy who's in out of the Audi design studio in, in LA, uh, the design loft, or, or if, you know, we can interview somebody at Audi who does current things. But this, this angry box one was done by a designer at, at uh, one of the, one of the firms that works with KTM with mm-hmm. the crossbow. And their KTM is very, I forget the term he used for the design style, but it's very, everything on the outside is very functional and, and that's kind of what this 80 was, right? It was a very kind of functional wearing its, its, its changes very obviously and um, kind of radical, kind of like a KTM. And so it was just neat the way it played out. And this next one is uh, another guy who's a, he's a design student in this upcoming issue. And it's kind of in the vein of, you know, how like the, the modern Stratos, the Lancia Stratos, there's a hint for you. Uh, it's not a Stratos. <laughs> but, um, but you know how they make, they, you take a, I think it's Ferrari 488 maybe, or 460. I want, I don't know. something. But it's it's the mid-engine Ferrari, and they will build you a, you give them one of those and pay them money, and they will build you a Stratos, right? That's a fully sorted. So it, it, it takes a modern car and rebodies it. And so the idea behind this by design student is you take a modern R8 and rebody it, and this is what it becomes, this thing. 
with some Rally Heritage. That's not an Audi. And if I can't make it more obvious than that. <laughs> and it's also not a Stratos, but there's a reason I brought up the Stratos. I think you'll, I just, you'll see in a couple I weeks. I basically spelled it out. Yeah, but, you'll see in a couple weeks. So. Well, hopefully you like it. Hashtag save Lancia. And, uh, or Lancia. <laughs> and there we go. Um, but then beyond that, uh, where are we? Calendar. Member rides. Uh, that stays the same. Audi Club News. And I love that story, too, that we were able to lead. Um with Aaron Vogel and her win at Thunder Hill. Uh, there's some motorsport news. There you go. There you go. Right? right. And motors- we're also featuring a... But a great story to tell, because right. there you have a, a woman who is a real estate agent by day, second-generation Audi Club member, right? Mm-hmm. Like, her dad is also a prominent member of the SoCal chapter, and and um, is he even president now? I'd have to look. I should know this. But but Bill is, think he is very active, and Aaron is, yeah. is uh, in her own right, started doing HPDEs, and and had a great love for it. And she and uh, several women um, went with Flying Lizard to Thunder Hill and ran their R8 uh, GT4 and won their class and won fourth overall, or mm-hmm. was it third overall? I'm trying to remember, but but really cool story and showing people who are, you know, if you're into HPDs, where do you go next? And, right. and customer racing is a very approachable <coughs> thing. And, and Aaron proved that and I think, won the accolades to go with it. I mean, it's just a great story. So, chapter news stays. Tech talks. Uh, Jim Benoit on the back of the book all stays, and and that's pretty much the book. Oh, we added Aaron Plant, who I mentioned earlier. We yes. gave him a column at the back of the book. So the rear spoiler is the name of the column. Uh, and uh-huh. and Aaron is is having fun with that. <coughs> Excuse me. So and he he's he, to the point as a writer where you can trust him to sort of go and 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 have some fun in that way. And he's kind of. We've only seen two of the columns now. He's been talking about wanting to do the column for a while, and I kept right. saying, "Wait, wait, wait! We're going to redesign the book. We'll do it then. We'll have more pages to deal with. We'll, we'll do it then." And he, you know, he led with a very an interesting way to go about it. They've both been kind of family themes so far, but like the next one that he does this the, this issue is very, very different than the first one. Right. And then he did because you brought it up earlier. I think it's worth mentioning. He did this really great thing uh, on Marvel's relation. Oh, his kids are big superhero fans um <coughs> frankly me. let's let's be honest i'm gonna guess aaron plant is also a big superhero fan based on some of the pictures i've seen of his on facebook <laughs> and um and so he's he's uh he he did this great kind of analysis of audi's relationship with marvel and which movies he's, they've been in and how sales have gone along though which cars were featured yeah. and timely because this year you have even this month by the time this, this issue hits probably here in another week, I'd imagine. So if not by the time you listen to this, then very shortly thereafter. Mm-hmm. And and Avengers Endgame happens the end of this month. Yeah. Um, and full disclosure, I am, yeah, and George knows this, I am not a superheroes fan, you know, a superhero movies fan. Uh, I don't follow, I can't, you know, my son's always like roll their eyes when I say, is this DC or is this Marvel? Uh, but reading that, reading that article from Aaron, was wow i yeah. mean it was like it kept me engaged even though the theme of it was you know audi and superheroes it's not just the audis that kept me engaged obviously but it was just the way he wrote it out so i think it was a fantastic order. yeah in my opinion i think it was a fantastic he order. knocked it out of the park yeah. right? it was it was really great and it was that that to me is it's great on a number of levels i think it's informative it's entertaining but it's also it shows a different facet we don't have to do every story about a you know, a feature or right. a bond, like the one that's on the cover of the last issue or, uh, a, you know, about a race or about, you know, the typical subjects we would cover tip at Audi Club and in in traditionally, mm-hmm. it's more, 
you know, it's 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 showing an, another like we're not doing a lifestyle like say Audi magazine does, which is much more. Here's a chef who did whatever <laughs> that has nothing to do with anything. This, we're still staying within the, the, the orbit of the brand of, mm-hmm. of you know it's not just entertainment for entertainment's sake, but it's it's it allows you to be a brand nerd in a different way than say a, a feature car on in the latest S4 swapped Avant with Ron Rotiforms would be or the latest story about a you know 25 hour race with Thunderhill. It's more you know just simply a different facet of the brand. And Audi is such a rich brand that way. It's got so many different. You know, you turn it over and you see it from a different mm-hmm. angle and a different angle and a different angle. And if we're if we're showing that in the magazine and reflecting that, we're successful. And so, Aaron, yeah, golf I, clap. I think you're gonna enjoy that article. I, I, I did. Yeah. yeah. So nice job, Aaron. Yeah. So and also in the upcoming issue, do a couple more previews. Brian uh, uh, Henderson from Rotoform, one of the uh, founders of Rotoform, I guess you would call it, and he's still with Rotoform. They now owned by a larger wheel company, but. Brian bought an imported B5 RS4, and who hasn't thought about wanting to do that? So we decided to, you know, Brian Brian is known for building cars that I kind of build in my own fantasies, but never actually build. <laughs> Brian actually does this. Um, and so, you know, I'm watching him on Instagram, like, bought the car. Okay, now I've, I've gotten some, you know, some, some carbon ceramics for it. I painted them with, you know, they're like... A mole yellow brakes with like the Audi carbon ceramic logo on it. Like the, his level of detail is fantastic. And so he, he builds this B5 RS4 and I'm watching it happen on Instagram. So we reached out, try to get Dennis to shoot it. Unfortunately, Brian's scheduling Dennis's didn't really work out. So we had to work with um, Rotoform's photo team. It might've been Lars, JJ mm-hmm. Larson, I don't know. But somebody at Rotoform shot the car for us. And, uh, and so that'll be featured in there. We have another... Uh, the orange R8 uh, Chapo's car from Audi, formerly Audi Sport Club New York, probably uh, Audi Sport Society is my guess now. Is there no no um, Red Sport Union? Red Sport Union. Yeah. There's some really cool Audi Sport themed clubs going on in the Northeast right now, and so uh, Red Sport Union is their new startup, and that, and that's where his car is, and it's like a, a an Audi exclusive, subtly built, um, or, you know, kind of mildly built R8 V10 Plus. Uh, that he it was a second R8, but a guy who you know worked his way through life through you know just work ethic and 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 nose to the grindstone and and earned this car and and built it and it's it's just a really neat story. So Ray Reyes wrote that one and um, it's there's some cool <laughs> stuff in this issue. I, I I'm wondering at what point we're not gonna like we 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 came out of the gate stronger than I expected we'd come out with this issue that we're looking at now the winter issue, uh, the Q1 issue and and. Then the spring issue, I think we've seen it, we've read it, right. edited it. I think it's stronger than the, the Q1 oh, issue. Oh, well, yeah, we, we I, you know, not to toot our own horns, but I think we found our footing pretty quickly. Well, not pretty quickly, but... The trick is keeping up the cadence. Right. right? Like if we're able to continue to, because we've, you know, like the lottery card, we knew that we would do that car at some point. Right. So that was a card we could play it when we decide to play it. But the interesting thing now is... And you almost have too too many stories, too many too many things that you know you want to fit into an issue, well, and you run out of pages. That's the other side of this. Probably, if we're talking about the book, we ought to talk about right. which is in the old <clears throat> days. Karen was able to fill the book with the offerings from the different uh, chapters. There were a lot of chapter news stories, chapter stories, and that's going back to the inward facing element of this, right? Like where they would they would um, you know it, it was for Audi Club members by Audi Club members, and and 
again, we're doing it for Audi Club members and also for Audi enthusiasts who aren't members by Audi Club members. And, and the difference in that being, you know, we want to show the club is active, but I, I think we only have, we added 10 more pages, but even still, we only have about 100 pages to do this. So because we're trying to cover so many bases and entertain with or inform with some of these stories that we're doing, some of those chapter news stories and immense stories have to go to the website. Now we now have that platform, which Karen didn't have to work right. with. Right. I mean, we have a, her tenure. You know, we have a, a redesigned website. So yeah. So what the, the we pushed some of those either there we either moved them to chapter news in some cases, uh, which each chapter gets its own news section for those who haven't read the book. In, in the back of the book, there's every chapter has a section, uh, and then or we we push it to the website, and you know not all content makes the cut. Right. And I mean, it's just you, just, you only have so many pages to work with. Yeah, and frankly, so. and, and it's not always, like in this case, I know because I had to bump a couple of my own stories, right? Mm -hmm. Like the, the day, Rolex 24 Hours of Daytona, I went and attended, I shot, the plan was to put it in the book, uh, and then a couple things came together and it had to bump it. Right. You know what I mean? It's just, it's the way it goes. And we, we might get it, you know, there's a ratio, we don't go any higher than with advertising, but that's another part of this is like, you know, depending on how many ads are sold for this book, you know, or somebody comes together at the last minute, then you got to bump a story because, you know, we, we were running below ratio to make a book happen, to pay for the book, you need to run as close to the ratio as you can. Yep. And so, you know, we're, we're you know, you got to deal with that. And so I, I know Paul Rivera had a story he wanted to run that we, we ended up not being able to do. Um, I don't know that he ever fully finished it, but I know early on we talked about him doing it and then we had to tell him, look, there's no room. And Daytona made, you know, didn't make it, et cetera. And, and that's, it is what it is. It's, it's part of the game, but it's a good problem to have because now we're at a point where we're not, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? To yeah. How, how are we going to fill these pages? In? Right. And you know, we don't have to pay contributors, right. you know, uh, you know, do, do it's an, it's an embarrassment of riches. The next step I think is to try and come up with some non-timely stories that we can just bank and put on the hard drive. Yep. And, and so when I need to fill pages, I can just go to them and drop them in. It's, that's the experience part that like somebody like Brian Joslin with Alan Grip probably knows already that mm -hmm. I've, I've heard is a good practice to do as a print advertiser or as a print editor now a newly minted one I I had hadn't really even before this issue I was still kind of you know we build it out when the issue comes together yeah so um, so you know yeah we're, we're new to the podcasting and we're not quite as new obviously to the magazine but the store yeah, yeah so always, always, on learning, yeah, always on the learning curve yeah you're always on the learning curve but I, I think you did a bang job. Bang on job. Yeah, teamwork, man. That's teamwork makes the dream work. That's not that's <laughs> I had you know, obviously I'm I'm guiding the ship, but like there were so many people who 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 as much as I'm joking, there's so many people who legitimately oh, worked man. so hard to make that thing come together. Um, whether it's Paul making the decision to shoot, you know, pull the trigger, whether it's Brian helping us with the layout, whether it's all the contributors like Ray and Aaron and that I will say this, and not to then I don't want to list all the contributors, but that is one thing I feel like we've got a greater mix now of age and ethnicity. One thing we lack is women contributors. Oh yeah. Uh, if you look at that contributor page at the beginning of the book, um, I'd love to have a couple of women in there, right? Like that, that show a more broadened. We're seeing that in the, if you look in the back of the book where we have, where we have the, 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 20, the, the board, yeah. right? The board is, is again, a big mix. And we're, we, the two women on the board currently, it's great representation. And while I'm sure, just like Troy Sycott and Aaron Plant, who used to be on the board as well, I'm sure Talia and Christine, who were board members, Talia Spain and Christine Lemley, 
would probably be more than happy to to contribute to the book. I'd also like to, you know, they, Tali and Christina found their platform to sort of build their personas, mm-hmm. right? And I'd be more than happy to work with them and include their stuff in the book. But I'd also love to find some other people who aren't, um, because they're. This is like Larry Koch from BMW said. This is their way to build themselves, right? Yep. To to get known and. So if if this is to anyone, not just, I'm not I'm not looking for a specific, you know, we're not trying to just fill. Oh, we only right. want women writers. We only want, but <coughs> but I will say that's one place I think we've where we've we've broadened our uh, age and and ethnicity uh, representation on the staff. We haven't really. That's the one place I've probably fallen short, um, or one of the places. But but that's something I'd love to probably improve upon. So. You know, there are other, and they're just frankly, the other people Sibby down at Potomac that I'd love to engage more as right. we have time to to get them more involved in in the book too because they're talented and you know having that's the other side of this. Troy's, you know, Audi Club Golden Gate. Aaron is Audi Club Lone Star. I'd love to have better representation, for instance, in like Florida. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, I mean it's yeah, I understand. Yeah. We got to cover the whole country because yeah, in Canada. Yeah, and events like that happen. You know, we'd love to. You know, you're going down to an event here in South Carolina in a couple of weeks, and and Georgia. Yeah, but we can't. Oh, I thought it was in no, Savannah. Um, that's right. Yeah. So it's all the same, man. I'm a Yankee, but yeah. Uh, but, but, but where I'm going with this is it, it's it it's also nice to have different contributors. For instance, Dennis and Paul, Paul Rivera, Dennis Pomarkov are both in LA, and mm. if we have an event going on in LA, we know that we can call them. Be like, hey, you know, he Dennis just heard of an event that he's going to next week. When you got to SoCal Euro, Dennis was there and shot it. Yes, he did. And so we'd love to have better representation. You know, we know Miami in particular is a really hot market for for Audi Atlanta. You know, we we, we do Northeast pretty well, but I, even if there are people in the Northeast, I, you know, I'm open to more contributors that might want to take part. Yeah, and I, I can think of a couple of guys down, uh, a couple of people too. down south. Yeah, you know who who would probably you know we'll, we'll see. Yeah. Like if, if you're, I mean, you know where to contact us. Like go on our website. Uh, you know. It, yeah. My email's in the masthead in the, in the front of the book. And, exactly. and, uh, you know, it's, it's certainly, if you look, if you've always kind of wanted to get involved in something like this and we don't need, we don't need, you know, if you want to become a regular contributor like Aaron or Troy, um, or Dennis, that that's great. But then there are other guys like Tim Enders who will just come in for an issue and yep. then, you know, maybe come back in two issues and, and, um, you know, as he has time because he's got a busy, demanding job and he's got a young kid, and you know, it, it's it's having the time, the level of time. For instance, like Paul Rivera, especially before we came on and broadened the team a bit, mm-hmm. the amount of time must Paul must have devoted to this issue, <laughs> it, it, to this magazine issue after issue, is insane, yeah. right? Like it, it got golf cop to Paul for doing that, but um, it doesn't have to be at that level, right? Like you can you can hit it much more casually. Um, and I would, you know, hey, I know we we were talking all about. Uh, print and how everybody likes to see their stuff in print too. But I would love to have stories for the, for our blog on our website too. Well, that's so, I mean that's a really good point. Yeah, is that we're, we're you know we've been putting some of these issues or some of these stories on the blog. Original content on the blog is is always better, and um you know and that's something too we offered for some of the writers that have cycled out uh, of the magazine. Even if we didn't you know if we decided well we want to take a fresh take on this or that or the other. You know, we've we've offered in every case to you know if you want to write for the site. Not only that we necessarily had as much of an editorial 
structure as we do now right. with you doing the site. But like they're they're you know whether it's them or whether it's somebody new, you know that's a great starting point. If you if you're especially you know maybe you're not sure, you want to approach it a little more slowly. The mm-hmm. blog is a great way to sort of nose into that because we're not limited in space in any way. On the no, so we could run twenty. I mean time, but we right. could run twenty stories in a day if 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 it warranted and. Um, you know, where we only ever have a hundred pages in this issue until we add a couple more pages, but even then, but even then, yeah, you know, even so, then, so, but yeah, that's the magazine, man. Nice job. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're, you can't see it, but we're patting ourselves on the back right now. So <laughs> it's, I mean, it's, it's, it was, you know, from like an inside outside perspective here, because, uh, while, you know, I, I help proofread the, the book and, and whatnot. It, it it was really nice to see this whole process come together from the Quattro Cordley that y'all are, you know, remember from the last several years to changing it. So it's different, but it's still the same kind of. Um, but visually and just watching this whole process with, you know, Paul Truess uh, helping us out, our board of directors, uh, you know, pushing us and uh, saying, you know, hey, you guys can do this. Uh, and then when we saw the proofs for the first quarter, uh, the first issue, uh, we was getting really excited, obviously. But then you see it in your hand, and yeah, I can't wait for that second yeah. issue to show up. We're probably only a week out from it, and it's like we are. I mean, we, we probably are, and I hope y'all are enjoying it as much as we are. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's it's. Uh, thank you guys. Yeah. You know, really, uh, uh, like like George says. I mean, if you love it, please let us know. If you find problems with it, if you don't please like let it, us know. If you don't like it, please let us know. Yeah. I will say, one of the guys who, we got a couple constructive comments, right? Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say anybody was, I mean, critical, yes, but not like, you're a jerk. You know, <laughs> nothing like that, so, which is good. Because I'd like to think I'm not a jerk. <clears throat> and my mom definitely wants to think I'm not a jerk. But but regardless, the, the, um, the, the book is, you know, one guy sent us an Excel spreadsheet of like an analysis of, you know, kind of what, what the different clubs do and what he sees in different magazines. And what we, I mean, it was amazing data, right? Like <laughs> that he took the time to do this was fantastic. And, and, um, you know, some of the, some of the suggestions he made like motorsport news were conscious decisions we'd already made not to do for, and I, you know, explained that to him and why and it made sense. But, but, you know, we, I know we touched on this earlier. This is always a learning process, whether it's, you know, whether you're Eddie Alterman or a car and driver, I'm sure he's learning too, but I know I certainly am. And so, um, hopefully I'm not as bad a writer as I was for him back in those days, <laughs> but, but, um, but anyway, it's, it's, it's something that we can constantly improve upon. So, you know, you can send us your criticism. We, we'd love to hear them. Yeah, we would definitely would. We may not agree with you, <laughs> but, but we were alone for it, but learn from it. So yeah. And more importantly, when you get criticism that you hadn't thought of, you know, it was situationally unaware. And in that case, He's suggesting, well, what about motorsport news? And we'd already thought and made a decision on that. Mm-hmm. But there are other things that maybe you're not aware. And if, if you're missing that, if, you know, it's always nice to have somebody have your back and point that out to you. It's sometimes you got to eat your pride like I did that day with Eddie. But like, <laughs> but regardless, it's it's good to learn. So, so um, yeah, that's it. That's what the magazine. That's a wrap. So, so you know, thanks for letting, allowing us to pull the curtain back so you can see the inner... Yeah. That whatever. I'm right about at an hour and a half, which is where we were with Will. So, all right. Yeah. So, well, let's close this out. With, yes. Uh, one, thanks for stopping. Right. Like, thanks for listening. This is the third issue. This is still, or third 
episode. Yep. Still very much a work in progress, this Unfair Advantage podcast. We still haven't dialed in which microphones we're going to use. So we're still <laughs> the super high-tech answer of working off my MacBook Pro. But we're still intending to do this on a monthly basis. Yes. Uh, this is later in March. We got a little... With a, we're still within the month. We're still within the we month. We have like five days. Yeah. So, so work with us. We're, we're, we might pick up a cadence here. Or we might we might get a better um, formula, if you will. But I kind of like the casual nature of the discussions. Me too. And we got New York Auto Show next month. So oh, that's right. Maybe maybe we get our mic thing figured out. A couple of weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Three and, weeks. Because, I mean, who knows who we might run into there. Uh, and then... Of course, you, you know, whether we catch up with somebody from Audi or somebody else in the, in the industry, in the journalism field. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be cool. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't mind doing more of that. I mean, it's so like, a, almost like, even if you have to pre-record it. Yeah. You know, but that would be kind of cool. And then next month is also the PCA thing, Porsche Club swap meet here in Porsche. <laughs> yeah. Which, which, while this is not a Porsche but podcast, different people come into town. Right. Like last year, Larry Webster was here, formerly Road and Track, and also Haggerty. Um so, Wait, Jerry Seinfeld here? It'd be nice to get Jerry. He came a couple years, yeah. but like, <laughs> yeah, he ain't gonna do our podcast. Yeah. Oh I, man, <laughs> I, I I have great respect for what that guy's done and what he does and and everything else. But yeah, he has no interest. I'm sure. Oh, <laughs> Let me speak for him in this case. He has no interest in what you guys are doing. But like, but uh, he flies at a different level. Although, you ever listen to Spike? I mean, I know we're still kind of BSing here at the end of this, but like Spike Ferriston's podcast. So Spike used to write for. Um, for I think he wrote the Soup Nazi episode. Oh, okay. And so he's a comedy a comedian and a writer, and he is in LA. He's big in the Porsche scene, and so he's um, he and a, a a co-host are doing this podcast mainly about Porsche, but sometimes about comedy, often about cars. He used to do Spike did a show called like Car Matchmaker or something like that. I don't know. It's very Porsche themed, but it's mm-hmm. a cool podcast if you ever get it. And I think Seinfeld's pretty regularly on that one. So I don't know why he wouldn't be on ours too. Except Come on. Except he's not really into Audi. And, or maybe as he knows. He's into European cars. Yes. Hey, if Jerry's listening, call us because we yeah. love to. I will say this. Not to get on the podcast, but they use. I've seen. I you, Back in the day, one of the other sites we did was Sweet Speed. And I used to work with Volvo Club. And I know they worked with Volvo Club to get a couple of Volvos on comedians and cars getting coffee mm-hmm. so while i doubt anybody from comedians and cars and coffee is is listening to this podcast if they are we'd love to try and get some more older audis on that show because it's just a cool show with yeah. cool cars and we think we can contribute to it so yeah you know where we, you know where to reach us i know where they can find the 35 year old 4000 uh, yeah, but is it running <laughs> at the moment yes <laughs> yeah at the moment it is well they've had some breakdown on the show so that's there you go oh true yeah. yeah, yeah, that's it. So, um, yeah, thanks for listening. Thank you. We'll try and get this on a monthly basis. Um, yeah. That's it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> thanks, guys. <laughs>